0: i
1: Welcome back to another edition of Chairgating. I'm Rattlesnake live in Austin, Texas, and like you, I just watched the Daytona 500, which means one thing. <laughs> NASCAR is back, baby, and it came back way better than I expected it. Last week, if you listened to the episode, I was talking about our expectations for the Daytona 500, and based off the duels, the clash, everything made it look like it was going to be a historically bad Daytona 500. I mean, the racing was terrible, it was single file, everything just steered in that direction, like it was going to be so bad, but damn, were we wrong. It was a good race now of course some people will argue that there were too many crashes at the end and i wouldn't disagree with that actually (laughs) it got a little excessive we expect a lot of action in the daytona 500 that's nothing new it's a plate track you know it's a plate race that's what we've come to expect but it got a little much at the end maybe for some of the non-race fans that were watching it they might have found it exciting but i think even them thought wow this is getting (laughs) a little excessive But I'll get more to the crashes a little bit later. I just want to start by, you know, kind of recapping the race. William Byron and Alex Bowman started the race first and second, the two Hendrick teammates. But that didn't last long. A little disappointing to not see them running up front as long. Clearly Hendrick just cared about qualifying times, which we saw in their one, two, three, and four qualifying times. But not long after, Matt Benedetto took the lead, and he held the lead for a while, which I think was a, a pretty big story. Uh, I know a lot of people that I follow were saying that they had faith in him, and I wasn't really sure where that was coming from, because we didn't know what he was going to look like in this new car, but clearly they saw something that I didn't, because he did look good in the race. Now, granted, he only finished 28th, but... Obviously, that was because of all the wrecks that happened. Corey LaJoy also took the lead for a while, and he was pretty hyped up, mostly because of his new car, his new new paint scheme from Old Spice that was literally just his face. And I know a lot of people were trash-talking it, But, I mean, the thing is hilarious, and it's just a meme in itself, and I I think it's genius. It's genius marketing, it got people talking about him, and then for him to be leading for a while really kind of solidified uh, the talks. Then, of course, he ended up blowing out his tire, and that kind of ruined uh, his race, which inevitably led to Kyle Busch winning stage one, stage one of NASCAR 2019 season. We get to see Kyle Busch performing well once again. He started 31st and you know finished stage one first. That's a that's a awesome. That's really good. But nothing we haven't come to expect from a guy like Kyle Busch. In stage two, we saw a little bit more of groups, and not single-file driving or anything, but just groups like Matt DiBenedetto had his group, and then Blaney, Kozlowski, Priest, Larson, they kind of had a group going where they went up to the top five when everybody else was pitting, so we got to see a lot of strategic racing. Which was really exciting to see. That's what we want to see. That's what us NASCAR fans want to see is the pit strategies and how guys are going to be running together and kind of working together to further themselves. And surely I'm not alone in thinking this, but I was so excited to see Ryan Blaney win stage two. I think a lot of NASCAR fans are really excited to see Ryan Blaney step up and become... A really good driver because he he has the personality for it that a lot of people want to see He's a young guy But looks really skilled and you know I I was pretty hyped up with him coming into the race before it started and he didn't disappoint He looked really solid and obviously stage 3 is where things got crazy <laughs> We started to see the wrecks really start to pile up and the caution flags coming out very liberally I mean, I guess not, they they were for good purpose, but there was just so many wrecks, it really started to stall this well-paced race. Paul Menard went into the corner and hit Matt Benedetto, and that was when it caused the, I mean, like 19 car pileup, almost, I would say at least half of the field was in this thing, and it was ugly. After the red flag came out, Kyle Busch took the lead for the green flag, and then there was only like six laps to go, I believe. So you're starting to think, okay, this is it, here we go, this is the race, but of course, we're not done yet. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. tried to put his car in a spot that just clearly there wasn't room and caused yet another wreck. Now at this point, we're starting to see a lot of the drivers really get into the positions to finish the race. For instance, I remember Chase Elliott really getting some momentum, and I was thinking, man, he I don't know how he's going to be stopped. I think he's got a shot to win this thing. But then, of course, of course, there was another wreck. Clint Boyer made contact with Michael McDowell, and it didn't look like he was clear but obviously, you know, not on purpose, but it was really unfortunate. Not to mention, it took out a lot of the the cars, like Chase Elliott, who I thought were going to have a really solid finish. And after another red flag delay, we finally come to the conclusion of the race, which was Denny Hamlin with the win, Kyle Busch second, Eric Jones third, Joey Logano fourth, and McDowell fifth. Also, I want to mention Ty Dillon finished sixth, which is... Kind of crazy, but that just goes to show you how many other drivers were not competing at this point. I mean, Austin Dillon finished 16th with a running car, yet he was involved in so many of the wrecks, I thought for sure he was done. I mean, I don't, he didn't have like the front half of his car crossing the finish line. It looked like a go kart almost. And I picked Joey Logano to win in my NASCAR Fantasy Live lineup, so. Coming into the finish line, I was, you know, sad to say I I was hoping Joey Logano won it because any other driver I cared about was gone, essentially. And I really thought Joey Logano was going to get the win. It looked just like what he did in his dual race where he was going to execute this really smart finish at the last second to get the win, to get past Denny Hamlin, whose car looked crazy fast. It it was hard to conceive that he was going to catch up, but he looked like he was going to. And then if you watch the race, you know Joey Logano didn't get the momentum and he kind of blamed McDowell for that. Now, whatever the side of the argument you lie on, obviously McDowell chose to not go with Logano, which would have helped give him that momentum that might have won the race. And it goes back to the manufacturer teams because they're both driving fours, whereas Hamlin, Bush, and Jones are all in Toyotas. And so I guess... Joey Logano kind of expected McDowell to go with him, because he's like, hey, us forwards, stick together, let's go to the front. And McDowell decided not to. And in the post-race interview, he said something like, you know, you have a split-second decision, and I felt like my best result would have been me staying put. Now, you can argue that at this point, because he finished behind Joey Logano in fifth, so, like, what would have been the downside... But at the same time, Joey Logano can't put all the blame on McDowell. They're not actually teammates. They just have the same car manufacturer. But it has kind of been NASCAR tradition for uh, as long as I can remember that you stick with your manufacturing teammates over other manufacturing drivers. Chevys always stick with Chevys, Fords and Fords, Toyotas and Toyotas. That's just kind of what you do. So I see both sides of the argument, and in hindsight, McDowell probably should have went with them. But you can't really blame him. He did his thing, and he thought that was his smartest decision. You also understand Joey Logano thinking he would have gone with him, because that would have given him the momentum to finish, maybe win the race. And I think Joey Logano made the move expecting that push. At the same time, Joey Logano can't blame a guy that's not his teammate. So I totally see both sides of that argument, but, you know, it is what it is. The race is over. Logano didn't win, but he does look like he is good enough to win another championship this year, unfortunately. Also, there was an increase in viewership, although it wasn't as big as they first reported. There was an increase, and that's positive. That's positive. If nothing else, that's a positive. It's not as big as maybe we expected or we hoped, but it is a good thing. Nevertheless, more people are interested right now. And maybe it's just because I'm blindly optimistic when it comes to NASCAR because I'm, I'm a big fan and I want to see the sport grow. But I've been optimistic about Jim France stepping in. I, and I think he's been doing really well. I mean, his previous job was running racetracks. So his main interest, his main thought process is how do I get more people in the stands? How do I get more people interested in NASCAR? And I think that's the perfect guy you want running the sport. Since he's stepped in, NASCAR has allocated approximately $20 million on advertisement outside of the NASCAR-related programs they already had, which blows my mind that that's something they didn't already do. Like, I feel like that's what every other sport does, so I don't understand. Maybe I'm just dumb to this whole industry, but that seems like a must. And thankfully, they got a guy in the position right now that's willing to step up and do that kind of thing. Although the viewership wasn't quite as big as they expected, you know, a big thing you got to point out was Barstool Sports and their president, Dave Portnoy, their presence at the race. The Boston market and the D.C. market, which usually aren't very big markets for NASCAR, went up 35% this year. And you have to consider that that has something to do with Barstool because they have a huge presence in those two cities, which I think was genius. I mean, this is an idea that I've actually been saying for years I mean, years, I think since like 2014, I started saying this. I don't know why they didn't get Barstool involved in NASCAR a long time ago. And it's such a fitting time because you see the NFL and their commissioner, Roger Goodell, actively, physically throwing out Dave Portnoy and Barstool employees from their events. Whereas NASCAR with open arms and I'm sure open wallets are inviting Barstool to come and they show them around and they give them media passes They set up a stage for them in the infield I mean they're going all out with the red carpet for Barstool And Dave Portnoy has now announced that they will be in attendance at Talladega So maybe I'll see him there this year when it comes to marketing though That was just a brilliant idea and I'm glad that they did it and I think it's gonna help Get younger people interested in NASCAR again, because people my age, my generation, us millennials, who are terrible at everything, we grew up with dads that were really into NASCAR, so we we have this nostalgia of NASCAR. But then our dads stopped watching because you know Dale Earnhardt passed and Tony Stewart retired, Jeff Gordon, all their drivers left, so they they stopped caring, so we stopped seeing it on the TV, and we didn't really care. But I think bringing Barstool in with us millennials, we start to see, oh yeah, NASCAR. That's right. I grew up on this. I remember NASCAR. This is what I love, and I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna get our generation a little bit more back into it, and that's what NASCAR has to focus on right now. Obviously, maintaining their current fans is number one, but at a certain point, you have to look at the millennials and say, how do we get them?
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidable prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I'm interested again, and I don't think it's necessarily making the races shorter. Overall, the race was great, though. I mean, I, <laughs> I previously said in last week's episode, I think this might be a historically bad Daytona 500, and I was really nervous, especially with Barstool and a lot of new media presence being there but I was dead wrong. I said it in the last episode. I said, I hope there is somehow that I am wrong about this. And I was wrong. The drivers did not disappoint. Jim France encouraged them to not race single file. And something worked. They didn't. And it was a really, really, really good race. And obviously the crashes got a little monotonous at the end and ruined chances for a lot of great drivers. But you can't be too upset about that because it's the Daytona 500. It's a plate race. This is what we've come to expect out of these. And I guess that wraps up the Daytona 500 recap. If you listen to this podcast, you most likely you watched the Daytona 500. If you didn't, I would actually want you to tweet at me and say why you listen to this podcast and not watch the Daytona 500 because that would blow my mind. So I'm, I hope I didn't spend too much time covering what you've already seen. We're gonna take a quick break, and I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna discuss what what we can expect in Atlanta and this new Arrow package that we're gonna see for the rest of the season. You know, things like that. So uh, we'll be right back. Do you play fantasy sports? Of course you do. With roughly $7 billion being earned this year in fantasy football, why not earn some easy money in the most lucrative online gambling? I highly recommend using Pro Football Focus. This site breaks down every stat at every position for every single player in the game. With a PFF Edge subscription at only $9.99 a month, or $39.99 a year, it gives you the edge to make the easiest money possible. And you can finally enjoy just watching football rather than always stressing about your lineup. Go to Chairgating.com right now, subscribe by hitting the green link, and you can think of it as an investment because you will make so much more money back. PFF Edge, try it today if you live in texas like me beach season never really ends and if you got some extra lbs to lose also like me but not seeing all the results you want to see when you're hitting the gym you gotta try the best new pre-workout zeus juice this company is blowing up right now but all their prices are still crazy low They got all the flavors you'd want, like Fruit Punch, Orange Burst, Blue Raz, Watermelon, but you gotta get it while it's hot before everybody else hops on this trend. And if those prices aren't low enough for you, I got good news. Just go to ZeusJuiceOnline.com right now, type in coupon code BELLYUP10OFF. Don't miss this great opportunity to get the best new workout product on the market today. Alright, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed those sweet advertisements. And I know they're probably getting a little old. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard those for a while now, and you're probably wondering, what the hell, Rattlesnake? Why can't you get more advertisement? And the answer is, because I'm just not good enough. But seriously, we are looking for new advertisements, and we're rebranding and doing a lot of things new. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know I used to strictly cover college football, And started to wean more and more towards NASCAR because I love NASCAR and I noticed that not enough people were talking about it. So here I am, rebranded the whole thing to only be about NASCAR. That's what Chairgating is now, a NASCAR podcast. And at the same time, Belly Up Sports is really committed to expanding our NASCAR presence. The founder has asked me personally to build a NASCAR team, essentially, for Belly Up Sports. So right now, I just added, in one day, I added three new content creators. Three new guys that are going to be writing blogs for Belly Up Sports about racing. I'm also in the works of getting another NASCAR podcast on here. I mean, Belly Up Sports is about to become a legit site, a legit brand for NASCAR fans. And I'm so happy to be on the forefront of that. Today, I just released a new shirt design that we're selling at bellyupsports.com in their merchandise tab. And it is sweet. It's a retro 80s NASCAR design that I've put together. And it has a Daytona look to it. And it just says, like, let's go racing, belly up sports. I mean, it's a badass shirt. Highly, highly, highly recommend grabbing that right now. And I'll probably have a few more designs coming out in the near future. And you know what? Maybe we can even do some kind of giveaway. If you're listening to this podcast, tweet at me. Right, DM me, tweet at me publicly, I don't care. Just give me some ideas for a giveaway for one of those shirts, because they are awesome. But essentially, that's how I'm going to get new advertisement, right? With this expanding brand into NASCAR, I think the ads are going to come. Now, in terms of the next race and what we can expect with NASCAR after this, we're going to be at the Atlanta Motor Speedway Sunday, February 24th. I say we, I will not be there, unfortunately. I was actually planning on going and then one of my heartless heartless friends decided to have a wedding for whatever reason so now i can't go but thankfully his wedding is saturday instead of sunday or else i couldn't attend his wedding because i gotta watch it and the atlanta race is one that i've actually wanted to go to for a long time it seems like a really fun atmosphere and it's the second race of the season who doesn't want to see that in terms of predictions i don't know (laughs) i don't know i can tell you who the best drivers are right now And I'd be fairly confident in telling you that, but that's overall, that's not every race, because we've seen one race this season. It was on a plate track, and although the complete aero package, the new aero package won't be totally in this Atlanta race, but I do believe part of it will. The full package will come out for the Las Vegas race, after Atlanta. Why they keep pushing back and postponing the aero package, like why they didn't do it for the Daytona 500, why they're not doing it for Atlanta, I have no idea. But nevertheless, Atlanta, we will not see the full new aero package yet. One thing I can say about this race is, unfortunately, the Toyotas look just as good as last year, and I I did not want that outcome. I was hoping they would have a little bit of a slump, I was worried about Joe Gibbs racing coming into this and my fears have come true. So a solid pick obviously would be Kyle Busch or even Martin Truex Jr. And that being said, the best drivers still look like those two guys, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick. Another one that looks like he could be really good this year is Jimmy Johnson. And I know that's weird to say, but he didn't win a single race last year, but he does look a lot better this year. I also could see Kislowski doing well again this year. I know he ended up getting three wins, I believe, later in the season. Some of the younger drivers that will do well, it looks like Eric Jones could actually do really well this year, and he's looked like a good driver for a while. Obviously, Chase Elliott, who we've been, everybody's been hyping up this year as his year. I'm sure he'll do well. Ryan Blaney, I'm hoping, has a couple wins this year. And I still haven't given up on RCR. I think their cars are a lot better this season. And I think Austin Dillon will get one, maybe even two wins. And I still think Daniel Hemrick is the best rookie driving this year. And in a solid quality car, I think he could do a lot. I'm also excited to see what Kyle Larson can do this year with teammate Kurt Busch. I think those two matched up could be really well because Kyle Larson is one of those guys that needs to have a breakout season. He looks like a future Hall of Famer, but he's not there yet. He needs to win a championship. And Kurt Busch is the type of teammate you want there because he is a championship driver and a veteran and he knows what he's doing. A couple guys I still have no faith in, unfortunately, is Daniel Suarez. I know a lot of people hype him up and say that he's going to be a great driver. I just, I, I don't know. I don't see it yet. I don't have faith in him. I don't know why people do, but maybe I'll be proven wrong on that, just like I was with the outcome for the Daytona 500. And then, of course, Bubba Wallace, unfortunately, who doesn't want to see Bubba Wallace do well? He seems like such an awesome guy, and he's in Richard Petty's car. We all want to see it, but he it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And I hope, once again, I'm wrong about that. Overall, I was really satisfied with the Daytona 500. This was the first race after JD's passing. Uh, Joe Gibbs, his son, it was a neurological disease, and he passed away in January. The whole sport was extremely sad about this. This was a tragedy for a lot of people. And it just so happened that Joe Gibbs Racing has one, two, and three. I mean, that's just special. That, that, that If that doesn't give you chills, then I don't know what would. And I'm no fan of Denny Hamlin. I, I think a lot of people aren't, especially after the past two seasons. And although I don't hate Kyle Busch like a, a lot of other NASCAR fans do... I'm not a fan of his either, so him getting second also isn't like great, and he wins so much. I'd like to see somebody else for Daytona, but it is what it is. He's clearly the best driver there is right now. And it was actually really cool seeing Eric Jones finish third. I'm not like an Eric Jones fan or anything, but I also don't not like him. He seems like a really good driver, seems like a good guy, young up-and-comer. And this is one of those finishes that you look back at or you start from here and look forward and say this is the type of career he could have. He's racing with the best guys right now. But most importantly, one, two, and three were all Joe Gibbs Racing teammates. And although I'm not like a big Joe Gibbs Racing fan, even if you're not a NASCAR fan, you know, I was watching at my parents' house in South Carolina with a lot of people that aren't necessarily NASCAR fans, and hearing that story, they were like, oh my god, that's so amazing. I would say it even tops, yeah, it probably tops last year's with Austin Dillon winning in the three. Uh, You know for Dale Earnhardt and then the photos of Austin as a kid with Dale Earnhardt and you know So it's two years in a row where there's been these spectacular Storylines for these finishes at the Daytona 500 and obviously now I am so excited For the NASCAR season last season going into it. I think everybody was a little bit kind of They weren't excited anymore. We lost a lot of the excitement. I know for instance every race Practically that I went to last year did not have great attendance But Talladega, in particular, was the worst I've ever seen it. It was wild. I mean, the campgrounds that I usually stay at, what is it, Geico Lot C, Lot B, I don't know, the party lot, was, like, half empty. And usually, it is packed full. So, this year, I think I'm excited. I think a lot of people are excited. And I can't wait for this weekend to watch Atlanta, to watch another race this season that's not on a plate track because I think we're gonna be satisfied with the product on the track. Obviously, when the new aero package is fully implemented, it could change things, it could be worse, or it could be better, who knows? Either way, I'm excited, I'm optimistic, and the Daytona 500 was an awesome race. So to wrap things up, once again, go check out BellyUpSports.com because we're pushing a lot of great new material and content specific for NASCAR fans. So if you listen to this podcast, I promise you will enjoy what we have to offer at BellyUp Sports. And we're only expanding. I have now also started a new Twitter account, BellyUp Racing. Go follow it. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast at least as much as you enjoyed the Daytona 500. And I will see you next week after Atlanta. Peace. It was straight shot, All it took was to not get I laid three down in the machine
0: You don't just get money because you ask for it. You wanna end up like Jeff Gordon? I like Jeff Gordon. Uh, Bobby, you joke around like that in public, people are gonna think you ain't right.